for a while in New York, I was like, I just want to work on new. So I was just always doing a set with some newish stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I would have 50% hitting and then other 50 that I was working on. And it wasn't until like I did make a conscious effort, like every show I'm booked on, I'm doing my A material and I'm going to crush on a consistent basis. And that's what I did. And I think that really helped me rather than like, I'm going to try out some new. And as time went by, I would slowly work in new jokes right. that way. But I wasn't, tr- I stopped doing, let's try new at book shows. Because that's because people are seeing you at those shows and other comics are seeing yeah. you and they're forming an opinion of you and all the other comics opinion of you does matter. It d- those are the most important opinions. It's true. <laughs> they vouch for you. Every job I've ever gotten was through another comic. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. If you're in the D.C. area this weekend, we've got D.C.'s Best Showcase at Big Hunt and Rhea Butcher at D.C. Draft House. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Sarah Talamash. Sarah has appeared on Comedy Central and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. In this episode, she talks about using Twitter to write jokes, how she got into the clubs in New York, and the challenge of being assertive in the comedy world. I was born in South Africa, but we moved like, Whoa. We moved to Texas when I wasn't even a year old. Are your parents British? My mom is, and then my dad is South African, but his background is or English. Okay. Meaning like he's several generations South African. Okay. But his heritage is... Almost from the same area where my mom's heritage is from. Do you go back there ever? I went in 90. And then that was when I was like in sixth grade. And then we never did because most of them, like family wise, moved, uh, immigrated to Australia. That's better. Yeah. It was just getting, it's like the opposite of gentrification. Leaving, yeah, yeah, <laughs> leaving the place that you're not they supposed gentrified. to be in the first place, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Australia is bad, also, yes. And as, as fact, are like America gets shit for their racism, but I'm like, oh, you should also go to Australia. Oh, yeah, is it bad there? Yeah, well, they also because they get inundated with like a lot of Asian immigration, so yeah. they have this whole like xenophobia thing, and it's very toward asians yeah or just like outsiders oh oh, i see i see yeah and so um it i think it's very hard to immigrate actually oh really into australia so you moved to texas and then did you you grew up there yeah i grew up in a suburb outside of houston called kingwood texas Mm -hmm. the livable forest and it was like an a corporated suburb okay like I, I think an oil and gas company kind of nice. started it, That's and funny. then it became, and then it got annexed by Houston. You got a real fucked up past. Yeah. You start off starting off in uh, South Africa, then living in the oil city. Yeah. Well, that's Houston, mm-hmm. or it's also a lot of pilots, or uh, like at the time, Continental's hub was nearby. Okay. So you got a lot of that. Yeah. Did you go to college? Did I go to college? Uh-huh. I went to a lot, but never. You didn't finish? I never finished. What did you major in? Well, I got an associates in multimedia and web design. That's and then, pretty useful, it sounds like. Yeah. In a weird way, it ended up being so useful for stand-up because you know how we have to edit our videos and do sure. our podcasting? Like, I'm so comfortable with Premiere and Final Cut. And, wow, that's good. Um, sound stuff that I just do it for myself instead of having to pay other people. I really regret not learning that stuff when I was in school. Yeah. Well, once you learn one program, cause I learned premiere and then once you learn that, then you'll learn, you know how to do everything else. Right. Like final cut was the same way. And then the premiere got better and final cut got worse. So I jumped over back to premiere. I don't know. any. I don't know how to do any of it. I know. And it's so weird when people are like, I don't know. You're just like YouTube it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know how to use garage band either. Yeah. Well, and just, funky yeah it's yeah. weird and then yeah i just right you i watched youtube videos and uh figured it out yeah, like yeah. i still can barely do anything in it but i can 
at least know put where the to podcast split out. The, yeah. the playhead out. Yeah, yeah, I can take like Joe's like uh, racist comments out. Yeah. <laughs> for, oh, that's uh, the worst when somebody asks you to take out stuff from their podcast. You're like, all right, but that means I actually have to listen to it. I listen. Then, I like, do I listen to every one anyway. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I just trim the ends, make sure it sounds nice in yeah. the beginning and the end. And then I'm like, as long as there wasn't dead air and no one's told me not to cut out anything, uh-huh. then I do it. But they'll be like, can you cut out that word? And then it's in the story that's entwined oh, several hard, yeah. times that you're like, if I cut that out, then people aren't going to know what you're talking about. It's later really hard. On. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. And sometimes like you have to cut out a big chunk to get it to make sense. Yeah. And then it's like this weird where cut and I feel like people no- notice that. Definitely. Yeah, so it's weird. So I'll try not to do that to you. <laughs> uh, that's no problem. What? So where did you start doing stand-up? I started in Houston. Well, actually, my first time I did it, I was, I just had a, like a breakup that it felt dramatic. But when you think back on it, you're just like in your early twenties yeah. and everything just is harsh. Sure. So I was in Austin hanging out with my brother, and I'd always liked stand-up, and I was always interested in doing it, even when I was in high school. And then I saw a back page ad for the Aspen Comedy Fest for one of those, like, cattle calls. Okay. So I I had no idea that how, how stand-up actually worked. Right. So I just showed up, and then once I started seeing everyone go up, I realized, oh, some people are polished and some people are not, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be one of the ones that is, aren't polished. Right. But... I also told myself, you'll never be the worst one. And I wasn't the worst one. That's true. You'll ne- That's what my, I always tell comics starting, like, just do it. Cause you're never going to be the worst one up there. I don't know that's if that's the right attitude to have. It is. The, it is uh, reassuring a bit. Yeah. That you're not going to be an embarrassment. Re- yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And if you try, you will get somewhat better. Definitely. I think. Um, so I did it. And then I met Houston Comics, and then they told me about the mic. And then at that time, I had a Monday night class. So I switched my Monday night class, and then I started going to mics ever since. And how long were you there? For Houston? Yeah. I started in, like, 99, and then I think in before 9-11. Oh, you're 20 years in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I remember, like, Y2K jokes. I remember everything. That's so funny. History through comedy. Um. Yeah, and then I had met, I started dating Henry Phillips. He was know. an L.A. comic. Okay. He was about, I think I was two years in, and then I moved out to L.A., and then that really... Is he still sh- a comic? No, well, he does shorts. Do you know Henry's Kitchen? I don't. He used to open for Doug Stanhope. This was years ago. Um, He's really funny. You should really do check out his videos. Okay. Um, And he did a movie called Punching the Clown that I thought was really, okay. it was really good. Um. But I was with him for a year and then that didn't work out. So I moved back to Texas and then I stayed for a really long time Yeah. because I got into another relationship that uh, I thought was going to go somewhere and then it just didn't. Mm-hmm. And then it, I think it uh, sideswiped me a little bit career wise. How long have you been in New York? 10 years. Uh-huh. So I did about 10 on and off in Houston and then 10 full in New York. When you first moved to New York, were you like... Were you determined? You're like, I want to be a touring comedian. Yeah. Well, I want, I didn't, I, this is the thing that I have a hard time with where I still don't know what my goals are. I just want to be good. And then I also wanted to do like SNL or write sketches Uh and stuff like that. And so, but you also realize that no one's discovering you in Houston. Of course not. It's just never going to happen. Not. Right. I mean, there are outlier cases, yeah, but yeah, rarely. Yeah. But you can't plan on it. You can't. That and can't I, be your plan. Yeah. It can happen on a fluke, but you can't be like, I'm going to stay in Houston. I'm going to work really hard. Yeah. And I want to get on TV. Well, it's also different. Like Houston's so cheap to live that. Uh, and I also de- developed a huge drinking problem. So that also sideswiped me for a little yeah. bit. That you can just coast on, the, do the barest minimum and still like live. Did you, do you think that, you know, you were not improving as a comic during that time? Um, I don't, it re- like reflective, if I look back, I wasn't. But at the time I thought I was. And then it's not until, you I moved to New York and then I started asking around what you should be doing for your average for sets every how many sets you mm-hmm. should be doing and it wasn't 
until like you start noticing all the comics that you like or that are starting to do well, they're going up three times a night. Right. We're in Houston. We had one mic a week and then you hope to get on one of their monthly showcase, either the all male or the all female. Right. And then from there you hope to do like MC every now and then to a feature and that that's such a long progression. When you hear that now, hear, hearing that schedule now, it's like you're you're barely even doing stand up. Like how could you possibly get good yeah. only performing once a week? There's no way. Like I feel like one year in New York is worth 10 years in the smaller markets. Yeah. You just I only realized it wasn't until I was starting to do three or f- three like lots of sets in a night that when you start to get your rhythm down right um and learning how to write jokes also while on stage and like tweaking things as the night progresses and then also i feel like twitter helped me a whole bunch oh really because i started once you start seeing a reward system then all you can think about is like what can i comment on what can i comment on and then you end up commenting on a lot of stuff which is basically jokes and then you realize like sometimes you're like i haven't written shit but then you look at your tweets for the last week and you're like no i've actually written a lot and this is stuff to actually try out on stage yeah so it became my writing technique do you sit down and write separately from Twitter, if you're going to go back and look at your tweets and say like, oh, this is an interesting idea, do you then write out something else that's in a form for stand-up or do you just go on stage with that idea? I go on stage with that idea and then I tag it. Wow. Well, it's like conversation. I rarely find... I don't understand these comics that can just sit down and pump out shit. Like, from the... Like, mine is always from, like, interaction. Because you go down realms that you wouldn't normally go down just through your own head. So like somebody could ask you a question about what you're talking about. And you're like, I never thought about that way. And then it takes you into another direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It does give you and I can now that you say that I can see how that comes across in your style. Yeah. Which is it's it gives you a different product than if you write the joke down on paper and then say it. I find sometimes a lot of like these jokes written down on paper and like a formulaic way feel very formulaic to me. Of course they are. (laughs) And it takes me out. Yeah. When I'm watching a comic, it sounds really rehearsed to me. I like when I even when I first started doing stand up, like I sat down to write a joke and I was able to just write it in joke form, like premise, punchline, tag, tag. Next, like I was able to just sit and write the jokes. But I couldn't perform at all. Yeah, I don't have... I'm the same way. But I I also can't... When I'm on stage, I can't think straight. Like, unless I'm doing crowd work or something happens and I I riff off of it. But, like, I've never been able to, like, talk through a joke. Yeah. That I... You know what I mean? I couldn't go... I can't go on stage with an idea and talk through it. Really, It's difficult for me. It's fun. It's, like, just, like, when you're having a really great conversation. Uh Uh-huh. Or if the crowd is really giving you a lot, then you want to take it further. And that's where I feel like you can add tags to jokes. I've heard this with um, Jake Johansson, Mm -hmm. where he's like, if you want your comic, your headline or whatever, whoever's on stage to give you more, then you have to laugh more. Oh, that's interesting. I know. I thought it was weird that he said he's like one of my favorites and he's he's like so prolific and all that stuff. But it is true. Like there's times when you're on stage and if you don't get a laugh, you're like, why go down this avenue? Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With this one time, uh, there was like, I don't even remember what it was, but there was a comic on stage and there was like some kind of disturbance in the back of the room. Yeah. And maybe somebody fell or something and people like comics started laughing. There's all these people are laughing in the back of the room. And the comic on stage, th- and this is like a very vulnerable place to be. The comic on stage did not know what happened. Yeah. And they, th- he th- they thought that the they were getting laughs. Yes. They oh thought no. the joke all of a sudden was crushing, right? And then you could just, it was so, f- <laughs> it was so much easier to see than in a normal joke where they, they just start getting the swagger and then they're yeah. really selling what they're doing. And, uh, cause they think they're crushing. Yeah. And, it's a it's like a funny thing because it's exactly what happens. You get inspired and emboldened. Yeah, you get a little confidence. And you crush harder because you're because you're confident. Yeah, yeah, because you feel good about yourself. And it's the opposite is true. And you have the silence, then you get a little nervous, and your yeah. your timing gets a little weird. 
But also, you know what's good? And this is always like with time. Sometimes if you get an awkward silence, you can use that awkward silence to deflate it. Yeah. And that works out into your advantage sometimes. So sometimes like say if somebody gets like you feel like they get offended, if you n- have a stock line to get you out of that, it mm. will get you out of a dilemma. Oh, sure. Yeah. And those what usually come s- from What do you do? If you say something weird and it feels weird in the room, what would you do? Uh, I'll just like I forgot what one bit I had one time, but I was like, oh, you guys don't like th- like that. And it was just making fun of like, of course, they wouldn't like that. Sure. But then they realized like, well, yeah, we're just fucking around. Like, I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. So they eased up on it right, and deflated right. the situation. You don't like the opposite thing of the truth that I said <laughs> yeah. to be funny. Yeah. Is yeah. That the, is that what bothered you when yeah. I said the thing that is not the normal thing to say? Yeah. You're like, oh, you guys don't like rape. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> of course they wouldn't. I can just tell you true points if yeah, you want to yeah. hear that. Exactly. Just, you kind of defeat the purpose. So then, you, yeah, you do it, respond to it in a logical way mm. without getting butthurt about it. Yeah. It, as long as you don't let them show that you're sweating. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. I and always don't let them show that it bothers you that they didn't laugh. Absolutely. I always, like, tell, like, younger comics, it's like, you can, like, get mad on stage and frustrated and it, you can, like, let that come, like across and in your performance but you can't let them know that you're actually mad yeah you have to keep it as a joke if you show that you're truly upset jokes over yeah it is it's like because you break character in a weird way and they're like where's that fun loving guy and it gets weird yeah because people are like we didn't come here to see a fight we didn't come here to see something that's awkward or uncomfortable we came here to to have fun and yeah this isn't fun and then they end up going on the side with the person that's actually in the wrong in the audience yeah like like heckled or something yeah because you went to yeah you go too far and then yeah, they yeah. end up on the yeah right so that was how was that a long time ago when you started using twitter for stand-up i started twitter and i think when i moved to new york that's kind of like when iphones kind of popped up anyway mm-hmm, 2008 mm-hmm. t- or 2007 seven yeah so I I think I was like a year late to Twitter and I always feel like it always feels like I was a year late to Twitter. That's so funny. I feel like Twitter has gotten more popular in the past like two or three years. It's not like it's a Trump. It is because it is. Yeah. I I remember I used to, I've been obsessed with Twitter for a really long time. I love it. People hate it. I know. But I'm like, just ignore the bullshit and do your, do your thing and enjoy yourself and make fun of everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what it's like to get comments on because I don't. I used to tweet things, but I hardly had any followers yeah. back then, and so it would just be m- people I know commenting on it. And then, then I just stopped put tweeting uh, altogether, and I just read tweets. Yeah. So I'm only seeing the tweets that I want to see, really. Yeah. Um, it was like my friend. She blocked out every politician's name, every yeah. buzzword. So she's just seeing people write jokes and right. then get to see her jokes. That I was like, that's how you should do it if that's what you want out of it. But I, I used to have a joke where I referenced reading Twitter on my phone in a work meeting. Yeah. Because that's what I used to do. I would go to meetings and I would just sit and read Twitter because I didn't care about the job at all. And when I would say the joke, and this is probably, this joke's probably six years old, seven. um, And I remember, like, there would be, like, a little bit of a, I could just tell, like, people are like, oh, really? Like, oh, you read Twitter? Like, uh, oh, that's kind of weird. And I feel like now being on, like, reading Twitter is much more commonplace. Yeah, a lot of people, like, my brother, I think he solely just reads, he doesn't tweet, he just reads mm-hmm. other, all the people that he likes, their tweets and authors and, and political people he likes. And it used to be that, like, a, there was tons of people that weren't on Twitter. Tons of famous people weren't on Twitter. Yeah. And now it's like, they all are on Twitter. Yeah. They might not tweet a lot, but they're on, they're there. And well, I just think it's an effective tool for comics. It's perfect. It is. I mean, Instagram is also just as good. Good in a different way. Yeah. It's, it's good for doing different things. Yeah. I always feel like Twitter's for my mind and then Instagram is for your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's what I, I think in comedy, I like Twitter is for jokes and Instagram is for videos. Yeah. For like sketches. But I know a lot of comics use it as like they always do thirst traps. And it, it used to annoy me. But now I'm like, do what it takes. <laughs> Girls get you some. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess it's uh, I've never even thought about that. It works. 
So do you do that? No. Okay. I thought about it just so I can get my followers up to 10,000. Well, this is an interesting idea that I've never yeah. thought of before. So you th- you're like, okay, well maybe I'll what would you do? What would you even do? Would you do like would you be in a Probably like, just like yoga poses that I'm trying to make it seem like <laughs> you're being healthy, but it's also But it's really hot. just like showing you my ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah or like inspirational uh-huh. stuff that they do where you're like i know what you're doing so that so you you're like maybe i'll do i'll start doing that regularly just to get some more interest i mean yeah i was you get as a female comic you definitely get rewarded that way have you ever had a picture that was like unintentionally like a thirst trap that no. you did get there right now <laughs> i hardly ever even unintentionally have thirst traps yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I rarely ever even get my picture taken. Oh, I don't even know how you look good on Instagram. Like, I, I'm at this age where I'm, I don't even know what my good angles are. I've never where, like, considered it. I was talking to, I think it was Jessica Kirsten the other day, because we were just talking about how, like, when you're f- with your friends and somebody brings out the phone to take a photo, you feel your friends uh, slowly like morph oh, yeah, into yeah, like yeah. these weird positions they know how to do it yes yeah and then you're That's like right. what are we doing and you're still like doing a double chin there was a uh, my wife had had a friend from college that would just snap into yeah. the same pose for every picture she would do the exact same face exact she's like this is my perfect face yeah and it's uh it was Someone so strange photo from a certain angle and i'm like i don't even know well first of all i never like any photo that i'm in so right. there's no way of being like that's my bad side uh-huh. <laughs> that's just my worst side yeah 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 it's a it's a funny thing to think about it's a thing that i think dudes don't have to think about which is like no but there are guys that do th- their thirst traps right yeah yeah, Mateo. And, yeah. <laughs> and well like yeah even straight guys do it right. as well like right. i've seen no no yeah those guys yeah. are out there for sure but yeah. the, the it's i don't know i mean maybe percent wise maybe it's the same for female comics yeah i just remember on fourth of july this year i was flipping through instagram with while joe's family was around and i follow a lot of female comics and i just thought it was so funny because i was like god it just looks like i'm really into like hot girls right now yeah (laughs) yeah i'm like i'm like what am i supposed to like this like we're friends but like yeah it feels like a trap but that's pretty weird if i was just like liking your yeah. all these weird pictures of you well that's another thing that you realize now especially if you were dating somebody like i never really dated during the social media years right. when it was peaking so i know like some girls will notice the guys that they date what they what they've been harding and then it causes yeah. issues in the relationship i think it's i mean i guess i could look at what joe's harding Public figures are getting called out for what they like. Oh, it'll be a news source on yeah. Us Weekly. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, oh, isn't it weird that... What did this mean when yeah. this person liked oh, blah, blah, blah? Oh, you like Tuesdays with Stories? That's yeah. That's pretty fucked up of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't they? Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, aren't they bad? I thought they were bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because of that, I just... I stopped liking anything. And oh, I, st- I like every th- single comics thing because I like to push it up the algorithm. Yeah, Like I a mean, project they're working on. I want to support people, but I also, I just find the decision whether I'm like, do I want to like this? Do I not want to like this? If I like, if I'm looking at it uh, like a bunch of, if I'm on Instagram for this, these, this couple of days and then I'm not for like a week, like, yeah. are, are the people going to be upset because I'm not liking their stuff anymore and I was liking it before? Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't, I just don't want that to be part of my life. I like, I know it's a lot of overthinking. I'm like, but I'll just tell them in person when I see them that I like their stuff and uh, yeah, I don't be, really want to be a part of it. Yeah, that'd I be good, just as good. Well, it's also like when you do like stuff, it's also giving also all of these apps all your data. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff, I used to not care about that, but it's getting pretty fucked up. It is because don't you want to have your ta- be changed your mind? Don't you want to find new music or a new kind of comedy thing? But if you're if all it's doing is collecting your data and showing you stuff that you might like right. because of, but it's all in the same bubble. Like yeah. how are you going to broaden your horizons? I have that with music all the time Yeah, where I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, this song sounds kind of different. I'm gonna start a new playlist with this song, and hopefully, it will give me more music like that. And yeah. then it's just the same fucking music I always listen to. And I'm like, it's just the I same shit. Change. Yeah, yeah, I, need I to want diversity a little bit yeah, in my but stuff. I don't know how to get to it when it's all algorithms. Yeah, and you just get trapped in the algorithm. Definitely. Yeah, and every everything. That's why it's always weird when somebody are like they delete people that they disagree with or block them that. I do find it interesting to listen to the other side. Like, I could watch. Who's that guy? Shapiro. Oh, Ben Every, Shapiro. Everyone hates. Yeah, yeah. I do find him fascinating to watch him debate because he seems like he's so good at it. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good at talking. He can talk real fast. Yeah, it is a. It's a. It's like you know those comics that you don't necessarily think are great, but they're good at keeping the flow. Yeah. But they crush. Yeah. He's. He's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a performer. He's a performer. Yeah. I think debating should be no an actual good. new art form in the country of like to watch people debate. They do it occasionally, but not as much. Yeah. It's a lost art. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't know what you wanted to do exactly when you got to New York, you're saying? Yeah. And I still don't. And I always feel like as a comic, you should have a clear goal. It's easier to work till like every goal that I've set I've made. But when it comes to career, like what's your five, what's your 10 year plan? Yeah, What's and then it keeps changing. Can you even imagine what stand-up comedy will be in ten years? No, from it's now? so different from when I started to now. Like, you can make a living being a feature, but you can't. In fact, you're oh, right. in the red when you're a feature. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, that was a thing that you could do, and it's a thing you can't do now. No. I was also I was thinking about how it used to be, like how like like a weekend used to go from like Tuesday to like Sunday. Yeah. It would be a longer week. And how it's just like, it just shrunk down. It's just, things are just, the setup is different. Well, everything's so pricey. Like every, I don't know. People talk about how their rent is skyrocketing for these places and their big venues. So they have to pay huge rent inside the city. And that's why I think it seems like a lot of comedy clubs are more in the suburb area. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a trade. Yeah. You get both, right? There's like, there's, the clubs that choose to be in the middle of the city and then the clubs that yeah. are in the suburbs. Um, so that's difficult. But I, I I, like doing the road, but sometimes you wonder, like, as a comic, can you be doing this just, you know, doing your funny bones and your heliums when you're, like, 50, over 50 or more? And let, if you're not, like, a huge pull, they right. slowly kind of weed you out right. for the younger up-and-coming comics. Yeah, and and you can understand why a club would do that because if you have someone who's 27 and they're drawing the same as someone who's 55, it's like who's more likely to like blow up in the future? A long-term investment. Right. Yeah. Whereas you know, and it's it's like a fucked up thing, right? It's and it it's the case for everybody when they get old, no matter what your career is, it's you face that. Yeah. Well, it's like or you have to find a different market. Like you'll start noticing like those guys start doing casinos and I've done casinos and I can't stand them. But maybe when you're old, you'll be like, oh, now I get it. I like casinos. <laughs> I don't think that I like the way the slots sound. Yeah. I don't picture myself um, ever catering or knowing that if that demographic cares to watch yeah. what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll do, sh I've done showcase shows on like certain stuff like that. Like I did a Florida gig and it was not a great gig and they put me as the closer cause I had more credits, but the girl that was before me, she's been doing cruise ships for so long and I knew exactly yeah. what room kind of room we were going into that. I was like for the benefit of the show, she should be headlining. Yeah. Because they would, this audience would say? appreciate. They just didn't. They just. They said no. Yeah. And it was awkward. And it, it did and I had no problem with my ego with it. Sure. Where I'm just like, they're just not going to like me. She has an, an act that does better in these scenarios. Yeah. 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 And, and most comics have a pretty good idea. If you know the other comic, you're like, this is not a good order for this to happen in. Yeah. You and want the show to be good yeah. too. Yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes I guess sometimes there are situations where comics are just afraid to like headliners are afraid to go after certain features or stuff like that. They don't want to messed up. Um, but even that I think is, I mean, you could say it's like, uh, 
I guess it's cowardly maybe, or it's, you know, you're not pushing yourself to be good enough to be able to follow them. But some people, I say it's like be self-aware of where, like if she did a show in New York, I think it would be harder. Right. Exactly. And they're like, I, sh- I should follow. Yeah. And yeah. I think some styles just don't go, don't follow other styles well. Yeah. I did this show and I think it was new Rochelle and they have me every year and every year I do it. And I know I'm not a bad comic. In fact, I like all the stuff that I do. But this show is just like, it's like talking into a pillow. Mm. And I don't know why they have me back. And then you're like, I don't understand. It's like a discon- like we're speaking a totally different language. And I was like, I know exactly what they want. They want someone like a Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh-huh. More vibrant. He's not dry. He's talking about family stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a very predominantly like... I wouldn't say Trump area, but just like there are like retired cops or like union people like they don't want to hear about my life. They'd rather hear about something that's more relatable to them. Do you think it's worth continuing to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine to know that that's just not a gig I should do anymore. I think it's I think it It pays decently. I think, um, you know, we we were talking yesterday a little bit like about, you, you know, uh, performing in clubs when if you're if you're more of a reserved performer how it can be it can be difficult and just like what you're talking about following certain types of comics is like it's just style wise like it's not a match and i think the more i've thought about it i think it makes sense to just keep performing on the shows where it works for you and then pursuing the other types of projects and then trying to get success through those other projects yeah. s- and then coming back to stand up. That's totally agree. I can't, that's, I, that's the like, route to take these I think it's days. It's my new philosophy. Yeah. You should always work on your craft for stand up, but always you should be, your money's going to come from other places and you're going to get your audience from that, like podcast video sketches, right? Having a sweet Instagram. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Selling uh-huh. a TV show that does well. Like it's just, it doesn't matter. It's really what you need to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, it's what you have to do. There's like five people who have great careers who didn't do that. Yeah. Like no one's getting discovered. There's no one big moment. It's like right. eight years of little things. Right. Yeah. And nobody, nobody's just touring around the country doing stand up, slowly building an audience from stand up. Like, to get to the point like where Regan is now, it's like, yeah, it just seems impossible. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I don't think you do. I don't think it's a thing that happens anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think it's all about now it's about finding your audience. It's yeah. I forgot who said, but they would, I think it maybe have been like Bill Burr where he said he was killing in obscurity for years. Right. Meaning like, I think putting out your own specials, if you're not even getting industry to like you, but creating your own specials, like I really do admire people like Andrew Schultz, mm-hmm. Giannis for doing that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need industry. You can make your own right. thing. And I think that's the only, cause even if you do get specials, <laughs> they're not making spikes in your ticket selling. No, they're not going to, no, it's almost like, you know, doing a half hour is just like, it's just like a credit that you can use. And it's like, you know, putting you in closer contact with Comedy Central for like future stuff. Really. Yeah. It's like giving you an opportunity to like possibly do something with them. The well, special it itself is not going to do anything. Yeah. It makes me wonder the people that we've seen have successes because they're able to create a lot of specials. So then you get to see them more and more. Hmm. Whitney Cummings seems to put out one every two or three years. Liza Schlesinger seems to put out one every two years. Tom Segura. Yeah, like, I mean, I think you have to keep putting out a lot of specials or cutting albums, and then have that way people see you over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, at Whitney. She she had a really popular TV show. Yeah, yeah. Do I mean? But she wasn't she the star of it. Of the Whit- two broke girls. No, Whitney. 
But Whitney only lasted for a short period of time, right? Yeah, but I think like two years of a sitcom can like elite. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I never watched that show. I don't really remember. Yeah. I know Two Broke Girls was much more was popular, successful yes. show, sustaining. But yeah, but I was thinking of, of Whitney of that show. Yeah, and maybe that show did make a difference. Where I don't really yeah. know. I, not, I mean, I've haven't but just like like Giannis with Mauricia remember how like viral that went that that helped him out guy? a whole bunch the Mauricia is the trans Puerto Rican oh yeah 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 sorry <laughs> it's a little <laughs> probably problematic now but at the time like that hit but three years ago yeah it was funny well, I think it was like it's been so long now yeah it is funny uh, well wow, yeah. that's fucked up too how things that you think just happened you're like yeah I remember that yeah just you're happened. Like, that was eight years ago yeah and it's yeah. true yeah, I think I think um, that's the answer. But even even once you realize that, and you're like, okay, now I'm gonna focus on other things, and then you're just like, what's the best use of your time, right? Yeah, writing scripts. Is it tweeting? Is it videos? Podcasts? Yeah, I don't know. And then if you have a day job on top of that, like, good luck. Yeah, you need a day job that's like not gonna drain you. Yeah, well, it's yeah. You need a mindless day job. But even then, like, they, it's not like they let you edit your videos at work. Oh, yeah, true. It's hard. When you have eight hours of your day dedicated to a day job, it really does suck the, le- like, it's hard to create on top of that. It is, yes. Yeah. I, w- I think I've been lucky. I've had, like, two separate day jobs where, I w- where it was output-based. Yeah. And I needed to get a certain amount of work done. And that it just only it just took me like an hour a day to do it yeah and then the rest of the day and then the yeah you want those jobs yeah th- that's the job or like if you can find a waiting tables during the day that pays your rent then mm-hmm. that's something to do yeah you could do that for four days a week and that alleviates three to do something yeah yeah and i mean you have to i mean you have no choice you have to work when it's early on you can't like you can just make enough money from yeah. doing live shows no y- you can't like but there are a lot of comics where i'm like wait a minute like let me do the math yeah this isn't adding up yeah yeah and, uh, you know i would you know you would assume they have some type of support or oh, something. i think a lot of them have parental support right. i could have had that in my early 20s but after a certain age you just i can't you can't ask your parents to help you support yeah. a dream that I can't ask out. my parents for anything. I refuse to ask them for yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just, I don't know. It doesn't work like that for a long, p- for after a while. You talked about having depression on stage. Mm-hmm. Do you still have issues with depression? Have you had it for your whole life? Yeah. I think I always have a constant state of sadness. Yeah. And then I think I've learned to live with it and accept it. Yeah. And so I think I maneuver that way. And then I have... Sp- I do have spikes of euphoria, but when I'm like back to my, by myself, like your it goes back to my baseline is depression. Do you, um, but I have a better handle on it now than I did probably in my twenties. I used to, I was very depressed, like from like maybe junior high through mid twenties. Yeah. Um, and like I used to listen to like tons of depressing music. And yeah, like, that's uh, what all the '90s was. I right. felt like. And like, once I kind of got out of it, um, I like went through like went through like a whole personal growth thing, and I and I started like doing all these new things, and I got like kind of excited about it, and started to feel better. And then I was like, okay, I'll now ne- I'm never gonna like let myself go back down. So then like I won't listen to sad music. Like yeah, I just don't want like I'll only listen to upbeat stuff. Everything I do, I try to like make myself feel better. Um, but it's a yeah, it's a constant battle. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, Have you had success with like different techniques? I've done antidepressants, and I. D- Never thought that I've ever felt a huge spike from anything from it, or I didn't, I, I just didn't feel like it was for me. And the only thing that's ever worked properly is at, at doing sports. Oh, yeah, that or makes working yes, out. Yeah. Um, so I try to, the first thing I ever do during the day is I go to the gym. Uh huh. And then after that, it makes me feel better, and then it motivates me to do other stuff. 
What is it? What does the doctor say to you? Do they say like it? What? I mean, I don't even know what the idea is. Is the idea like your chemical makeup and your body is this way, and so your natural way to feel is down? I don't know. I'm going to a therapist right now, and we don't really talk much about the chemical side of it, but more like from childhood and learned behavior. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like I do have drug and alcohol. We don't have any like cancer in our family, but we definitely have mental illness. Like my grandfather committed suicide, mm-hmm. which I feel like, and that was from probably being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So they coincided with each other. Uh-huh. So we've always had that. And then when I talked, when my parents talk about other family members, and I'm like, clearly they have depression, or that's yeah, they're yeah. not having a headache every day. They're hungover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can see it, and I know exactly what it what it is so i know that we have that in our family but so yeah it's from like i guess this also like a series of events and and then it deals with like i guess i have low self-esteem so we're dealing with that right now yeah which i think causes my depression because it means i never ask for stuff that i feel like i have the right to ask for i see yeah and how does that lead to depression because you're living a life that you don't want to live Oh, okay. I'm not saying that I'm living a life right, but I'm just saying there no, are no, some I things for my I, career I, I wise that I feel like I should be asking for and I just don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just as good as any other comic, but I noticed that I don't have the success that a lot of people have and it's because I don't create those opportunities because I don't ask for them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel though I, I I definitely have like a kind of starting point of i don't want to bother other people yeah like i don't want to impose on people i don't want to ask for things from them i don't want favors like i want to do everything myself and you know what that led to for me was i did every aspect of every show myself like i took the ticket money i hosted the show i booked the comics i put the chairs away like i did everything and then i exhausted myself from doing that yeah and um you know part of it is like perfectionism and then part of it is just not wanting to ask for help yeah and it's just and then you know at a certain point you're just like okay if i'm gonna like be more successful i have to get past my tendencies like i have to get past the tendencies that hold me back and so then it's just you know for me i'll i'll just be like all right i'm gonna force myself to do it to to act to let someone else do it for me oh it's brutal and then and it's really hard but then when it works you're like oh it's okay and it wasn't an ordeal for this like i learned a lot when i booked a show and when down the street from where i lived I was surprised how many people that I thought were su- successful asked me to do spots. And it made me feel good to be like, oh, yeah, you should be asking to do spots. Yeah. Because if this guy's doing it, then like you have you can do you can ask too. Uh-huh. Like, have you tried like putting yeah, yourself out there? I have. And it's, I've had one that just failed miserably. And that one was rough. But. I had because I I kept sending avails mm-hmm. and I was with them, but I left their management. Mm-hmm. And so after I left management, I thought it was weird that I stopped getting avails. Mm-hmm. And then I emailed and they were like the guy that books. He was like, no, no, you're fine. We're just we mo- we're just doing pop up shows. And I was like, that's fine. But I've seen other people get yeah booked. And I just think it's weird that when I left that I stopped getting booked. And so I brought it up and then he said that I had spewed vitriol at him and then how dare I. This is a club booker? Yeah. To use the word vitriol. And so I was is just Is that like, just for you asking? Yes. Okay. So I was so annoyed. Wow. And, uh, do you think that it had... Okay. Did you say it in an email? I sent it in an email. I go... I just asked. I was like, hi. I'm not going to say the name, but I was like, don't you think it's weird that I'm sending in avails and I'm not getting anything? Like... I get that you're also working off your client list and that's all I said. So I get it. But, you know, is it should I be sending in avails? Mm. And then I got this email and then it was uncomfortable because the my previous manager that's with them was murdered. And so he brought that up in an email and I thought that was weird because I was like, that has nothing to do with what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, would you do that to a business vendor? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I thought it was kind of fucked up. And so I had a hard time. And that, that's kind of like spewed me to go to therapy because I was like the one time I ask. Yeah. I put myself out yeah. there and thought I was sticking up for myself. I get called basically a fucking diva. Right. Which I thought was unfair. Yeah. I wonder. So I'm off the veils list. I wonder if it's kind of like that that key and peel sketch where uh where they're texting with each other yeah and they're reading the text and like because so to me it's like okay so you sent the email right and even what you just said the way you said it I, yeah i'll just show you afterwards it's very it's it's very like un, it's just a you're just asking a simple question right but i could also imagine someone reading it not to defend this person. Yeah, and I'm not no, trying I'm not. to defend this person. But I and I've been presented with this from other people. Like, you have to think. But I'm like, yeah, I still didn't deserve that response. No, no. No, no, totally. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess, uh, I guess all I'm saying is um, I could see how a, how a booker could get that and then have a snap reaction and then be like, defensive and aggressive toward you which is what happened yeah um and it and then the flip side of that is would he have done that to a dude that's what i wonder but it's hard to bring that up because there's no point in bringing it up really and i didn't and i i sent him another email and me like well it was like not the response that i was expecting i think maybe we should meet in person and then he never responded and then i finally saw him because i go and do shows there on independent shows and i I did like the guy, yeah. but when I was like, Hey, I didn't have, that's not the response. I was just thinking, you know, is it really necessary to send spots in or I'm only asking for like once a month kind of thing, yeah. like how I get at the other clubs. And then he was like, yeah, no hard feelings. I'm like, no, clearly there were hard right. feelings and that bothered. I left that being bothered again yeah. where I'm like, so, but we, it's amicable, but it still didn't make any sense to me. The reasons that I got. Well, no, because they're not going to make sense because you, yeah. you got, I think, a, an emotional reaction. Yeah. And that, you know, that's part of life, right? It is. is it is. is. You have to. And I, I mean, accepted it, but I still get annoyed about it. Yes. Oh, it's still, I mean, it's I was still like, I just fought. I did a little bit of standing up for myself and then I felt like I just got an unfair treatment for that. Yeah. And I, I mean. I think uh, part of that is like maybe they don't want people standing up for themselves, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess his point was like, would you have done that to other bookers? And I'm like, if I knew him as well as you and I've been with you guys forever, yeah. so if I would. Right. Because that's what I, you know, I'm also trying to fight for my living. Yeah, I mean, it's you an have income. to also like if you're not if if you're not getting what you used to get. It's you have to ask why. If you yeah. don't know the answer, you have to ask why. If you were getting booked a certain way and you started getting booked in a different way, the only way for you to find out the reason for it is by asking. Yeah, that's another thing too. And I was prepared, but I already felt comfortable in my skill set that, and also, but I didn't bring this up that I've like I've seen your lineup. Yeah. Like. I have better credits than some of the people and they're not on your roster and I am way better comic than a lot of them are. What do you think it was? I don't know. I actually think it was because I left the management, which right. would have been like an answer I could have accepted. Well, it might have been. I mean, <laughs> like it, it seems like a it seems like maybe that probably was the answer. Yeah. But you know what I've always said about this business or in life in general? I think one of the nicest things that you can do to people is give them a no. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's uh, it it's so hurtful when you when people ghost you on stuff mm -hmm. in business wise, instead of just being like, yeah, you're just not the right fit. I think most comics or inner anybody kind of in this business of fighting for themselves mm -hmm. would kind of understand that from yeah. a business point of view. You know, I have a really tough time with that because I have to deal with that all the time. Yeah. And um, I get a lot of unsolicited emails um of course and so if somebody hits me up out of the blue that even even somebody that i know and they're like i'd love to headline here the weekends i'm available generally if it's not like 
someone that's like a perfect fit. And and like when I start starting 2020, I already have the entire year penciled in. Yeah, yeah. Like th- I'm like these are my first choices for all these weekends. They're not going to you know, it's going to get shifted around and even better comics will get suggested or want to do stuff and they'll get added in and other people won't be available. But so when somebody hits me up out of the blue, sometimes I will have an opening and then I'll, I'll book them. And then other times I don't, and I don't say anything. Yeah. I don't respond. Well, sometimes that's also time consuming on your part. Like I'll take a no response as a no. Yeah. But the whole like, Oh, let me get to you. Let me, I'll get to you. But it's tough, but it's tough because if you have someone that's like someone that's funny, they're good, but they're not a crusher. They don't have a draw. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, like you would be, I would be, I would feel fine if I booked you. But like what I, like my first choice is I want, an amazing weekend. Like yeah. I want my weekends to be the best that they can be. So I'm like, I want the best comic that I can get. And if I think it's going to be an okay weekend, there's a chance that it will work out where I need somebody. Yeah. And, and then I'll book them. And so sometimes I'll be like, I'll want to be like, especially if I've booked them in the past, I'll, I'll want to respond and be like, okay, let me, let me get back to you. Like I got to figure out where I can make this work. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes like a year, but, and then I'll get yeah. back to them. But I, and it's just tough to know what to say. And sometimes I'll be like, well, I don't have anything this month. And then they'll just be like, well, here are my veils for that next month. It's like, well, oh, I'm yeah, not yeah, ready yeah. to do that yet. And they're like, well, I can do this. And it's like, well, that is a different thing. I can't. And then it's like, I don't really, I don't have enough time to go back and forth with every single person that's well, asking Well, especially like sometimes I wonder, sometimes I know, oh. I get it with a lot of comics where you're like, dude, it's like dating. If you're, if they like you, they like you. And if they don't, like you cannot keep badgering. Oh yeah. Badgering is bad. Yeah. Because it's annoying. Yeah. And it's like, but you got to feel it out a little bit. Like, yeah, I think, but yeah, but I think that is, that's the skill. The skill is knowing who to write the email to how to write the email, how to know when to do it in person, how to know when you just do not ask them for stuff. Like the comedy seller, you probably don't complain. Like, you you know, when you first get in, like you're just whatever they say you do it, you know, you. Yeah. And most clubs are that way. You got to just go along with it. And once you're established, then you make things the way you want them to be oh yeah because there are comics that especially like take the seller that have been there for years i know that they do start feeling comfortable yeah voicing when they want to go up and they can because they've established themselves as a comic that but that's like no, that's like a normal part of life it's ev- like in any job go, right right yeah or even like if you move to a new town and then you start hanging out with people you're the new person you can't come in hot like yeah roasting people you gotta like ingratiate yourself show that you show up on time yeah yeah but i do think i mean asking for stuff you have to especially like especially asking for spots around town like and also a lot of comics should realize this it's not personal it's because we the booker doesn't know you like i know that with other clubs in the city like there's so many great comics and i know they're not getting booked at a lot of the clubs it's not because the club booker thinks they're not funny they just have a roster that they like right now and they don't know you yeah so they don't want to take a chance on you and you just have to figure it out like yeah do those check spots email to do an audition hang out right or if you can't do the hangout go to the bar rooms and establish yourself as a really great comic totally i mean those are the only things i can think of it it there is no right i can't to tell you how I got into the clubs makes no sense to me. The only thing I can think of is that I did a Caroline's March Madness. Yeah. And I got to the final four. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time to have all of New York City. Because you start off with 64 comics. Right. So it's a lot of the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. They had not. I don't think most of them had seen me. And then as soon as I started advancing, they started knowing my name. Right. And then they saw that I was consistent every week. Right. That and I 
think that's what actually helped me get into the other clubs. But I that's it. I can't say that that was exactly it, but but it's it helped. What it, it's kind of like the killing and obscurity. Yeah, you're spending a decade of your life learning how to do stand up, performing, getting better. Nobody knows who you are. No one's paying any attention to you. And then you do get an opportunity to perform yeah. in front of some people you and you do well. Good. Yeah. You, you do well because you have developed those skills. Then you start, people pay attention to you. Then you're already good. Yeah. And so that's like a very important part of stand up. And it's like something I, I end up bringing up a lot is like, I really think it's important to like get very good but on your own before you're so focused on getting each thing. Oh yeah. I also think like for the longest, like for a while in New York, I was like, I just want to work on new. So I was just always doing a set with some newish stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I would have 50% hitting and then other 50 that I was working on. And it wasn't until like I did make a conscious effort, like every show I'm booked on, I'm doing my a material and I'm going to crush on a consistent basis. And that's what I did. And I think that really helped me rather than like, I'm going to try out some new. And as time went by, I would slowly work in new jokes that way. But I wasn't, I stopped doing, let's try new at book shows. Yeah, absolutely. And not just clubs, like, Right, right. Book shows. Because that's because people are seeing you at those shows and other comics are seeing yeah. you and they're forming an opinion of you and all the other comics opinion of you does matter. It d- those are the most important opinions. It's true. <laughs> they vouch for you. Every job I've ever gotten was through another comic. And I sometimes I'm like, I also take credit that probably if it wasn't for Joe that helped out. But now I've stopped giving a shit about that because show business is full of nepotism and bullshit yeah. on how you get it, that it doesn't matter as long as you can sustain. Yeah. I mean, and you can also see like Joe has in it, I guess we should say Joe list is your husband. Yeah. Um, headliner, great comic. Yeah. But I think you can see like, you know, you've been opening up for Joe for a long time and you know, how far has that taken you? Not that far. I mean, like, yeah. it's like you have your own podcast. Well, now I can build, I have my longer set is a lot stronger right. than it was. Like, it's not like Joe's famous. Yeah. Yeah. Famous and like people know who you are because of him. It's like, no, you got to do club weekends and, you know, maybe got to meet some more people, but yeah. still you're succeeding or failing based on your stand up. Yeah like it's not like he opened the door for you and now you're successful and it's you don't have to do anything oh yeah it just meant that like he could make a recommendation and i have to say probably most of those recommendations if they're coming from your husband most of those people are not gonna take it you take it with a grain of salt of course right i mean we know you have to yeah i mean mean, like where's we've that happens all the time. I yeah, mean, it but even that's also like not like his really his job to vouch for you. At yeah. The, like at this point. And also like you're, you're like a little bit like getting out of the vouch stage, you know, like you're, yeah, you're I like can just, I feel like I can, I sustain and uh-huh. I prove that I can do it. You've been around for a, a, yeah. a while in New York. You've TV credit. Like yeah. you got stuff going on. So it's a, uh, it's like a little bit of a different thing, but it does get like, you can't pigeonhole yourself self like sometimes i get i i do get self-conscious of it of like every now and then i feel like people still see me as joe list wife oh or yeah. girlfriend even like i think from some of his friends or colleagues yeah well i mean i mean you can't help it but i don't i stopped caring about that because i can't even control that anymore and well then if I'm they're just his friends and colleagues yeah i mean that is how they know you yeah so it, it makes sense. It's the way it is. You're also a comic, but then there's other people who knew you, you know, yeah. prior to that. Yeah. Okay, all those other comics. Does it, does that something that worry, like you, that you think about a lot or is it? Um, well, sometimes I feel like, like if I open for Joe and his fans are like, I had no idea that you did stand up. Sometimes I think that they're like, I don't know. Like I just, by luck happened to be funny <laughs> oh yeah oh like oh, oh you want to try doing stand-up <laughs> and i just happened to go oh yeah i, I was on ha- the road with joe yeah. and he was like try why don't you the host didn't show yeah, up yeah. so i started performing well i also feel like most people have a weird 
perception of stand-up in general. Yeah, they don't fully understand how it works. Yeah, They don't understand that it takes years to actually find your totally, voice. Like, totally. do you ever get that when you're at a show? Don't you get a sense from some guy that's not having a good time that he's actually thinking, I could do this? Of course. And they all do? Yeah. Just people in general, and then you realize you're I like, I, I would be, love it for you. I think I could coach an NFL team. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it. I'm like, I would be I better. know how to. Yeah. I'm positive. I know how to manage all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, there's so, I don't know. It's. I just feel like you also have to deal with those perception concept or perception of stand up. Yeah. Like most people don't understand that you're doing the same jokes over and over again. No, no. It started, you know, it's interesting because like, uh, as stand up has gotten a lot more popular. Yeah. And I think people, we've pulled the curtain away because the of podcasts podcast. and tweeting and totally. Yeah. So there's like, then there's like the, the group of people who like, really get stand up and are real deep into it yeah and then i think still 80 percent of people 90 percent of people still don't really yeah like it blows my mind that people think like oh you should do america's got talent that you're just like that's not the place that most comics want to like that's not what a lot of times opens up doors no but for people because it's eight o'clock nbc prime time they think that's like that's what you need to do. Yeah. How would you feel about doing it? Um, I have no problem doing it. TV I don't think time, it would be TV bad time. for you. Yeah. No, I'm well, I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I can't talk about it too much, but I'm going to do the first process of it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want this? Not it's in fine. There? I, okay. Cause it's fine. I just can't do it on like, talk about it on like Twitter and on a, stuff. On like popular podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can't. I talk could probably about talk it. about it on my podcast. I mentioned it on my podcast. You could say anything. But the producers here. aren't going to listen to what the forty-fifth minute of a podcast. That's true. Yeah. That's definitely true. Just don't mention it in the subject. You know when uh, you do yeah, your yeah. synopsis. Uh -huh, yeah. Sure. Because yeah, I think like the one thing it can do for you is it could just boost your social media. You know. Yeah. Well, it's another. If you do somewhat well, but I have we have comic friends that have done it and it doesn't really spike too much. Yeah, I, I think like it's if, just you another get, thing if you to go put really on. far, yeah, it helps you out, and then. But they use comics really don't, and if they do, it's not the kind of act that I have. Yeah, well, you did well in the March Madness tournament. I did. So I I would think that you would actually uh, do fine. Well, it's very clean. Yeah, Are I you know? have clean, yeah, but I, I also have a lot of dirty. Yeah, but I think you're, I I would think that your style would would be fine because it's uh. Well, that's why they, they did approach me. That's yeah. why. Because they liked my stand-up clips. On. She even liked my... I have a, I did a dirty one. And she's like, we love that one. But mm -hmm. we probably couldn't do that one. But right. we liked it. Yeah. Like like Rory Scovel can't go on America's Got Talent. Yeah. Everybody's like, this person's insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, no, this is the, like one the of the best comics. The premier comic. Comics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The, but that's the difference in the show. Like they just... They want... It's got to be tight. Yeah. Well, I find that those things help you. Like when you do the road, it's really interesting. When people go to a comedy club, they actually go online and look at your YouTube clips and it determines if they're going to come to your show. Because there's several times they're like, we watched you online and we were like, th then we were like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. So if you have several really great late night sets, mm -hmm. I think it really does help you to get people for the club. It looks for the club, good yeah. for the club to book you with several credits like that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally helps you with uh with yeah. In fact, sometimes it irritates me when I find something online of mine that's old that I'm like, please get that off. You can ask them to take it down. Yeah. Well, one was rooftop and I remember them being a pain in the ass about it. Right. That's yeah. fucked up, though. It was. I mean, did they pay you for it? Yeah. OK. But it was like so long ago. Right. And also this was before I moved to New York. And now I'm just like, I feel like I'm a better comic than this. Of course. But I don't even know. I don't even think rooftops around anymore. You know, I don't it's hear anything about it. It's bought by Audible. But they were a thing like 2008. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Because they remember doing a fest. They were going to do a, they did a festival or something. Yeah, I think you also have to just hope that people can understand that this was old. Yeah. It's like far in the past. Well, that's why I hate it when I see somebody taping my set from the audience. Of course. I just think, I'm like... That's so rude. Everybody hates that. I know, but why do people do it? Well, I think it's not bad if they're doing like... They're from a good place, I like hope. If they're doing like a story, like if it's just like a clip to be like, look at this fun show I'm at. And it's yeah. like, it's not trying to uh, like post your material. It's just 
showing a clip of the live stand-up thing they went to. Yeah, boomerang of you. But I don't think they really think of it in terms of it being material being out there. I think yeah. they're like, no, this is like I'm just this is the thing I'm at. Yeah. So that is like kind of innocent to me. Record like it just actually recording like several minutes of stand-up is bizarre. I I've started with that with concert photo video where I'm like, are you really going to go and savor that when you get home? Or is it just for your, if it's for your friends, just boomerang it. And it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't look good or sound good. No. And Joe always brings up a good point. Like this concert's probably actually on YouTube shot with a better camera so you can enjoy it there. Right. Yeah. Or you can see it in a different city. It's the exact same thing. You can't even tell that you can't even tell what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we did a good job yeah, here. Yeah, that's great. I'm uh, happy to hear about your new assertive techniques Thank that you. you're going to be getting into. I think it's going <laughs> to work out. Watch my career skyrocket. I think it, it will skyrocket. Yeah. I think you can. I think you could do it. I think focusing focusing on your your other projects. Yeah. America's Got Talent, assertiveness. Yeah, and I'm album recording February 9th at New York Comedy Club if anybody wants to come. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you're in New York or you're, you want to go to New York. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, hear the album. And then if you miss it, keep an eye out and you can hear the album when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. <laughs>